this morning we have the blessing of hearing some words from our Director of Youth and Family Ministries, Yuan. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. A woman once came to St. Sophroni, to his monastery in Essex, England, and she asked him, Father, how should I pray? And at the time, St. Sophroni, and he was a priest only at the time, he didn't know that she was an Anglican woman, and she had been going to multiple priests in England asking the same question, how should I pray? And the priest had told her, go to this page, read that paragraph, you know, very kind of formal prayer. And she thought to herself, if this priest, referring to St. Sophroni, tells me as well to do the same thing, I'm going to give up on this search, on this whole quest, you know, to find out how to pray. And what did St. Sophroni tell her? He said, you don't, with God, you don't need to be polite. Simply pour out your heart to him. And when she did that, she found such a fire and power in her prayer when she would pray afterwards that she would be all night with her head on the ground weeping in prayer. And as you can guess, she became Orthodox pretty soon after. <laughs> so in this uh, gospel reading for today, we meet a similar woman who prayed with such intensity and poured out her whole heart to God in the same way as the woman did, whom Saint Sophroni said, you don't need to be polite with God, simply pour out your heart to him. And as we heard in the gospel, Jesus went to the district of Tyre and Sidon, and as you may know, that's a pagan area. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out. So she came out of her own area to meet Jesus, who is coming into that area. And as St. John Chrysostom says, she didn't even dare to go to Jerusalem to meet Jesus. She didn't consider herself worthy. So we already start to see her deep humility. And then she cried, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely possessed by a demon. And here, if you notice, she doesn't say, Have mercy on my daughter. She says, Have mercy on me. And as Elder Cleopa of Romania says, nothing is better in the whole world, more merciful in the whole world than the heart of a true mother. And as you see, a true mother in this case is one who prays for her children as for herself. But Jesus did not answer her a word. And I think if you heard that during the gospel, maybe that took you aback a little bit. How does Jesus not answer her a word because, as St. Nikolai Velomirovich says, Jesus even answered Satan in the desert when he was tempted. The only time he didn't answer back to somebody was when Caiaphas and Pilate were questioning him before the crucifixion. So why doesn't he answer this woman? Then maybe sometimes we too feel that God doesn't answer us. Have you had this experience ever, that you feel God is distant? I think especially as teenagers, sometimes we feel that. And for a long time, maybe we even question our faith. And you know, that's a stage to go through into becoming more closer to God, more authentic in our relationship with him. 
And sometimes you could say we feel like we're in a long-distance relationship with God. And that too, though, even though it may seem that way, it's also not the case because, as we may know, God is within us. He's within our very heart. And St. Gregory the theologian says he's closer to us than our very breath. But yet we still sometimes have this experience where he did not answer her a word. But why was Jesus not answering her a word? Again, St. Nikolai Velomirovich says that he did not pay attention to the poor woman so that the eyes of the blind would not be opened, so that the woman would show her faith even more, and all the apostles would see and understand this woman's faith. Uh, this woman's faith. So this kind of connects to the next part, where his disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away, for she is crying after us. And he answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And here St. Sophroni comments on this, saying that what he means by he was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel is that he had just come from the area of Jerusalem, and all the scribes and Pharisees and their so-called theologians of the time had said, he is the Messiah of only the Jewish people. And Christ was trying to rebuttal this point, um, this false statement because Jesus was the Messiah and is the Messiah of all people. And so the Lord was resisting these ideas um, that had become a temptation for the disciples by saying, I was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he's trying to show the disciples um, their way of thinking, that they thought he was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, only to the Jewish people, but he's using his silence as a living example of the fact that, to point out, so to speak, that they, their thinking is wrong. And then she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. And St. Nikolai Velomirovich says, she was certain that no one else in the world could help her. This was her faith that we already saw from the start when she came out to meet Jesus. She had heard of him but now she's before him and asking him, Lord, help me. And she knows that no one else can heal her daughter. No one else in the world can help her in her difficult situation. And I wonder if we have this kind of faith. If we have this kind of faith where we go directly to God in our difficulties, if we go directly to God first and then turn to other means of support. And this is the amazing faith of this woman we hear about today. And he answered her, it is not fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And you know, that's a pretty harsh statement. But, well, to compare her to a dog. But here again, we have to know what's going on in the biblical passage that St. Nikolai Velomirovich says, Here the Lord is not speaking of his own accord, but in the language of the Jews at the time, according to whom only the Jews were children of God, and the people of other nations were dogs. So the Savior wanted the disciples to realize on their own how terrible this exclusivity was. So again, like referring to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, but now using this term, he's speaking in the language of the Jews of the time and pointing out their wrong belief of who he is. Because everything really in our salvation depends on this understanding of who Jesus Christ is. 
And here, what did she say? Again, we see her deep humility. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And St. Nicholas says she quickly understood the Savior's figurative words. Faith makes you wise. Faith finds the right words to say. Her humility before God and love for her child made her deaf to the fact that she had been called a dog. But here is something very important. But who doesn't feel like an unclean dog before the most pure Lord? No one who has a speck of faith in him. So long as a person does not feel his sinfulness, he cannot make a single step towards salvation. Multitudes of saints, more pure and luminous than millions of other people, did not hesitate to consider themselves dogs. And this to us probably sounds very harsh. And it's, again, not a belittling statement, because this woman, and we really, I think, need to understand this, felt her sinfulness in the presence of Christ. He wasn't telling her that she's sinful by any means. Just in his very presence, before his purity, she could feel her own impurity. And that's how it is for us. St. Sophronia of Essex says that it's really a grace to see our sins. It's not really something that comes from a psychological self-analysis. That's kind of how we think in our modern world, just in those terms of, I need to try to analyze myself in a really rational way. But here, what St. Nikolai is saying, and all the saints who experienced this, where they saw themselves as dogs, it was not um, a matter of reasoning or, again, self-analysis, but after experiencing the presence of God, they could tell who they were. They were granted this kind of self-knowledge of who they actually are, and that who we are is really that I am nothing without Christ. And I think that's the most true statement, or one of the most true statements a human being can make, that I am nothing without Christ. And that's what this Canaanite woman was saying, and what Christ was pointing out to show the other disciples this faith and this self-awareness, so to speak, that she had within her. And again, we sometimes hear this, that St. Paul, we don't sometimes hear, we always hear this, that St. Paul says, I am the chief of sinners. And again, I'm just trying to stress this point because he could say, I'm the chief of sinners only after being raised to the third heaven. So it's this grace that fills us. And it's not that we're trying to say, oh, I'm the worst in like a kind of, again, psychological self-deprecating way, but just in this direct personal relationship with Christ we can see who we are, and then we turn to him. And again, this humility that St. Nikolai is talking about, all the saints had this humility, and it was their gateway to salvation. But this humility filled them with a joy, and it's the joy of the resurrection. So then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. So Jesus was trying to show this woman's faith. He was leading her through these difficult moments, through this kind of back and forth dialogue, including this long silence of his. And he showed her as a greater example of faith than almost anyone else we encounter in the New Testament. And an even greater faith than the apostles who had been with Jesus for some time at that point. 
And here, uh, another Romanian elder says that Christ wants monologistos prayer from us. That is, prayer with one word, with one thought. He asks, Father Ioannikie Balan, that is, asks, did you see the Canaanite woman? She follows Christ and cries out with only a few words, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But she cries from the heart. She did not. So here we see the biblical roots for the Jesus prayer, which I'm sure you've heard of. And this is what Father Ioannikie Balan is pointing out, that Christ wants us to pray with just few words, short words, short phrases, but from the heart. Because St. John Climacus talks about people when they pray with many words, they kind of get lost in their, in their mind eventually. Not always, but many times for us who are, you know, for myself, that is, who am beginning in prayer, it's more important to pray with few words. And that's why the church, as you may know, has the tradition of the Jesus prayer, which gets directly to our heart eventually. It starts on our lips, then our mind, and then it eventually, like the saints say, descends into our heart, which is a kind of far out, uh, distant thing. But it's really the path that um, this woman, the Canaanite woman, is showing us today, that we can pray from our heart, and that God wants our heart. Because before Jesus comes to Tyre and Sidon, he had been in Lake Gennesaret area, and there he had encountered the, some Pharisees and scribes, and they had been kind of condemning the apostles for eating with unwashed hands and for doing all these other things that seemed to be breaking the law. And he quoted them, he quoted Isaiah saying um, that these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And so then he comes to Tyre and Sidon and a Canaanite woman, a pagan woman, prays from her heart and honors him with her heart, not just her lips. And so that's what this gospel today is really getting at for us to pray from our heart, which again is a hard thing to say and a hard thing to do, but it's really what it's all about, you know, to connect directly with God in our heart because he is in our heart, in our deep heart, as some St. Sophroni talks about, or the noose, you know, it's a synonym for that. So that's really what the Canaanite woman is showing us about prayer and the intensity of prayer. And then to conclude, we know that this is a gospel passage about perseverance and perseverance in prayer. And I wanted to say a word about perseverance because in America we have this kind of pick yourself up by the bootstraps mentality. And that when, maybe when we hear perseverance, it's I just need to try a little bit harder or be a little bit better or put a little bit more of my own effort in. And Along these lines, uh, Father Rafael Noika says, every command given by Christ is impossible for man to fulfill. Salvation is impossible for man, but what is impossible with man is possible with God. I'm telling you these things because we often despair when we see how difficult prayer is, how difficult doing good deeds is. I want to highlight, it is not difficult, it is impossible. And I believe that if we understand these words in their depth and truth, they will be consoling rather than causing us to despair. Yet our duty is to seek God, and God creates within us what is impossible with us, what is impossible for us to do. So it's slightly humorous if you think about it, but it's really profound. 
because for me to pray more, for me to pray unceasingly, as St. Paul says for us to do in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, and for me to really do anything that Christ is asking is impossible because it's not me as a human being that can do it, but God who can do it in me. So rather than trying to persevere in the sense of, let me just put a little bit more of my own effort into it, no, what Father Raphael is saying, that doesn't work. And we often try and we keep trying and it doesn't work. What he's saying is that we just need to ask God for help. We ask God for help and that's our effort. And he fills us with his grace, with his uncreated energies and gives us the strength to continue. And so, like the Canaanite woman, in our greatest difficulties, in our greatest trials, if we feel that we're at the bottom of hell, for example, that hell can become heaven itself if we call on God for help, if we turn in despair to him and we give our whole heart to him, like the Canaanite woman in today's gospel. So. May God help us to persevere in prayer through his strength and his grace that fills us and gives us meaning and joy in life when we least expect it. Amen.